0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to The Fifth Down. I'm your host, Jose. With me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's going on?
1: You know, just uh, soaking up this defeat. Um, moving on to the next one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, it, it's it's crazy when you think of um, the last person you think would be um, on top is number one now. You know, hey,
1: you know this is why you play the game. Yep. They are who they thought we they were we let him off the hook we, <laughs> we let him off did. the hook well you, you know what, what on the... the next one still plenty of season left to be played um exactly yeah. so i mean juni
0: scored 215 points you know um
1: yeah of that amazing I mean, uh taylor lockett
0: i had Devonte adams um almost single-handedly beat my opponent this week. So, I mean, you know, it was it was an odd week. Um, also, thank you to the San Francisco 49ers for having a great defensive performance. Yeah,
1: that, this is that like, was an unexpected one. This is the biggest yeah. year for uh, uh,
2: fantasy in terms of injuries. Like, you have to make sure that you're, you know, you're looking at the waiver wire and making sure that you have replacement players for the players getting injured this year because it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it has definitely been, you know, like when, I mean, when we look at our teams, uh, I mean, a lot of the players we have starting now probably weren't even on our rosters when the season began. I mean, I didn't have T Higgins or um, Jordan Jefferson or, yeah, you know.
1: I mean, I think right now the number two running back in terms of total points, James Robinson, no one drafted him or, you know, he wasn't picked in the first two rounds. It's pretty astonishing. Yeah,
0: and even when they, you know, when they cut um, Leonard Fournette, he was the last guy they were talking about. They were talking about Armstead. They were talking about
1: um, the kid out of
0: Nebraska, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you know, and James Robinson was like the afterthought, and, and oh, and Chris Thompson was even talked about ahead of him. So yeah, yep. he, you know, and then Gaskin in in, in Miami when you have um, Howard and. And um, Breda, yep, I mean,
1: definitely in you know, interesting
0: Jeff Wilson with the Niners, and now he's the latest one to join the IR club. What is it with the 49ers running backs spraining their their knees or their ankles, Brad? Like, are they not eating their Wheaties in the morning? Like, what is going on?
1: <laughs> you know, sometimes when you just get bit with the injury bug, it, it just happens. I don't think it's anything that they're doing. Um, You know, it's just... But it's
0: like a first position. It's like, you know, they they keep pretty much like crapping these guys out. You know, it's like one gets hurt, the other one steps right in and is just as productive. And two weeks later, they're on the IR, and now you're recycling back to like the one that was there in the beginning. And
1: and and I don't don't think think it was was just limited to this season. I mean, you take a look at the backfield, and they've always been somewhat injury prone when you take a look at a a guy like Jarek McKinnon. I mean, he missed two full seasons after being signed from Minnesota, Um, I mean, yeah, with Jarek McKinnon. And then you have most – certain, you know, we haven't seen him do a full season. He got banged up last year. It was the same thing with Wilson. So it's not surprising. You know, it's unfortunate that it's all happening, you know, in succession. But it's the NFL. It's the next man up. So,
0: Yeah. And, I mean, you know, speaking of that, you know, it's a week that was filled with uh, more of the injury bug, you know. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, you know, bad throw by by Baker Mayfield. He chases the guy down, and he ends up with a torn ACL, and now he's out for the season. Just another, you know, another another big time player that's um, out for the year.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's this year's crazy, especially with uh you know with COVID happening at the beginning of the year. You know, training camp. Um, is um, limited and then obviously no preseason so I think this is definitely having an effect on the season so far Um, but you know this is a subject that we've talked about personally um, is that Baker Mayfield I feel Baker Mayfield is is a he's in that tier tier end of tier two tier three for me I think he can be he can be great um, but I just don't think Odell fits with him, and and you know I, you know my opinion on Odell. Like he, to me, he isn't the same player he was. He hasn't been the same player in three years, and you can't just blame that on on Baker Mayfield. Like you, like like I think, like yeah, like he was, he wasn't good in his last year with the Giants, and Baker Mayfield wasn't playing with him. So I mean, it's one of those things where it's a combination of injuries. It's a combination of, you know, of Odell being Odell, you know. And and let's face it, Odell is, you know, a diva. He's selfish at times. And if he doesn't get the ball, he complains. And as we saw on Sunday when he went out the game, Baker played better. He played better with less talent. He played better throwing the ball to guys with names that we don't know. And he wasn't thinking as much, you know, and that pressure with Odell coming to the Browns is feed me the ball, feed me the ball. Could, could a different quarterback be better with Odell? Sure. But the thing is, is I, you can't blame this all on Baker. You can't just say the reason why Odell sucks right now is because of Baker Mayfield. Uh, Odell sucks because Odell is degressing. you know, his first three years, he was very, he was a all pro. He was elite, and his last three years he hasn't been elite. So for me, guys, as I mean, I don't, I just don't think Odell. I, I, he, after this injury, Odell will not be the same, because the injuries just keep adding up, and I feel like nobody is going to want him after this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I echo those sentiments. I mean, I think that, I think,
0: yeah, yeah, what, I think the talent what, is there, the elite level talent i just I just think the confidence is what has been kind of shaken over the last couple of years, and that's and that's a tough thing you know when when you're a top player and you have to deal with uh, injuries or or playing with um quarterbacks at the end of their career and then he comes to Cleveland and he's playing with a young q b and I think the combination of the pressure on Baker mayfield to make this guy um get his get fed his targets um and Odell's desire to prove to everybody that he is who he says he is i think it just it's it's been a bad marriage um when you look at the um when baker does target Odell a lot of times it's um pressured throws into double coverage um, or he'll overthrow him it just it didn't seem like it just it didn't seem like it fit And yeah, it could seem like making excuses for Odell, but I really do think that sometimes certain guys just fit well in certain systems. And he just, he never seemed really happy in Cleveland. I mean, he seemed to complain less than in New York, but I think more than anything that's because he knew that he was already on thin ice. He knows that um, the reason why the team that he got traded to was Cleveland was because of his reputation. And they were one of the few teams that were willing to still give him a chance. I definitely think he has a talent, but I just, especially with his latest injury, I just don't know how much passion he'll have left for the
2: game.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, just looking at the, I mean, if you just take a look at this season and last season, the only way he's actually been relevant in this game is through manufactured touches. We're talking gimmick plays and the rounds. Um, you have, you, you you know Landry throwing him that bomb deep into Dallas game and we all see what everyone's done against Dallas yeah he, he is not there anymore and with this injury it's gonna it's gonna be a while before he gets back up to that uh, to that level and when you take a look at other wide receivers and all the injuries that they've received um, you know it's tough to return back from it you take a look at Julio Jones he struggles to get on the field Take a look at a guy like A.J. Green. He clearly isn't the same, and he has to fill a different role in that offense. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what he looks like and if he's even back with Cleveland. I have a strong suspicion that um, he won't.
0: Yeah, there's no way he'll be back in Cleveland. He'll either be traded or released, in my opinion.
1: But, yeah, I mean, overall, that game was great. When you take a look at the uh, last drive, I'm not making you know much of it because the Browns, The Browns are still the Browns. They still have to prove it. And, you know, the Bengals, I mean, that defense is horrible. Um, We'll see what they look like going forward. But Baker Mayfield, he's got to be more consistent. I mean, it's great that you rallied them behind, but I'm not putting too much stock into it. It was the Bengals.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, He seems to do really well against the bad teams. But just look at his performances against Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh. That's that But says yeah, it, all. it
1: was a great game. I mean, 37 34. One of the, a lot of good games this weekend.
0: Yeah. And, you know, um, before we touch on some of the games, um, um, you know, you guys were dis- discussing Odell being a diva. I mean, why, why do we keep giving Michael Thomas a pass? I mean, this whole season has been just a, a cluster of a mess for him. Um, it started with the high ankle sprain. And now it's becoming more of a internal issue within the locker room. It seems uh, like it's I, not really about anything anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, one reason, because Michael Thomas has never come out and done this. With, with OBJ, we have, it's been habitual. We have the picture in Miami on the boat. We all remember that. Come on, we yeah. all know the headlines that it made. Um, you know, everything that he said in the New York media wanted, wanting to be out, it's been there before. Michael Thomas is a diva. There's just not enough evidence of it the saints are keeping it tight it's not being leaked out it's only a matter of time but yeah um michael thomas definitely is in that category we just haven't been exposed to it long enough
2: and and he's in new orleans too new new orleans and new york are two different um media markets oh yeah new york is a big media market where when all that stuff with odell was coming out when all the you know the boat the josh norman stuff all that stuff was coming out he was on the front pages of the of the new york uh newspapers, and that's the biggest difference is like what brad was saying it's 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 been you know he's been doing it again over and over again when michael thomas the saints have been keeping it on the d l and now it's coming out, but if he keeps doing it, I don't think he should deserve a pass even though he's probably the best receiver right now in the game
0: he definitely is, but I just find it odd you know it did he really have a hamstring injury? Like, it's just, it all seems very, you know, hush-hush from from New Orleans. And yeah. like you said, we've never heard of him having any issues on that team. He's performed. He's been the most elite receiver in the league for at least the last two, three years. Topping targets. Like, so, you know, we've never heard of him having any problems. His chemistry with Drew Brees has always been really good. When Drew Brees was out, his chemistry with... um with Bridgewater was really good too. So it's just, it's so weird that this year all of a sudden he punched the teammate and now it's coming out that, um, that um, anonymous teammates say that he's a, that he's not a good teammate and that the saints are willing to listen to offers when they just gave him all his money in July. It's just, I don't know. That one just seems out of left field um, that, that, that franchise seems to be quickly crumbling from the inside. I know they're four and two, but they just they don't really seem like a team that's destined to do anything special this year. It seems like Kamara's keeping them afloat because Breeze looks every day of 40 years old. Um, and without Michael Thomas, he, he just looks like an old quarterback who, who relies 95% of the time on Kamara to make something happen.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just to bring it back to uh, that the Cleveland game, if with OBJ going down, if you're looking at a waiver wire, uh, obviously Landry, he increases in value. But you're looking at Higgins, and you're also taking a look at the rookie because, yeah, the, the rookie he tight end, uh, Bryant. Uh, no, I'm actually oh, talking I'm about Bryant. Point. Yeah, mainly because uh, Baker seems to like the tight end, and we know that uh, that Hooper had the appendectomy. He might be out for another week, so definitely keep an eye on that.
0: And, and you know, Brian is someone that I had mentioned last weekend. Um, I know you guys mentioned Njoku getting more playing time because of um, Hooper being out. But I mentioned, you know, how Brian had actually been um, a target that Baker had kind of taken a liking to. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows if, you know, once Hooper gets back, if Brian will still be ahead of him on the depth chart.
1: Yeah, they paid him too much. But, I mean, Um, you know, it's really speculative with Higgins. Um, I think there's other options over there, especially when we start to go over some of these other games.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, I'd actually, a guy that I'd look at uh, more than Higgins would be Nelson Aguilar with the Raiders. He actually seems to be um, Derek Carr's favorite target.
1: Yeah, three touchdowns, three straight games. Um, He's really filled the void with uh, the rookie Brian Edwards being out um, when he comes back you know, you'll see what happens, but Ruggs is really extending the field and he's getting a bunch of the underneath stuff.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, Aguilar's definitely got to watch. Um, but, yeah, I think the highlight of this uh, weekend was definitely the 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 Sunday night football game. Um, as much as I would have loved to have seen my Bucks on prime time, it definitely seems like it was the right move to flex them out for Seattle and Arizona. Um, wow. Like, that's all we can say, you know. It was it was odd to see um, uh, Russell Wilson have a game where he made a couple uh, mental farts, but, you know, he kept them in the game the whole game, and they had a chance to win it at the end. Um, but Arizona was able to pull through. Um, do you guys think that Arizona's for real?
1: Um, they're relevant. I don't know how for real they are because – they're very up and down in play. Um, you know, it looked like Seattle was going to walk away with it and they just sort of crawled their their way back in there. Um, the Cardinals still have a lot to prove, especially in in that division. I mean, it's great, but, you know, they still have to go up to Seattle. Um, you know, so we'll see what they can do.
2: Yeah, that, that division is stacked and, and I think the Cardinals are maybe a year or two away from Taking the division, uh, they they definitely look strong. Um, yesterday, playing Seattle, uh, but I think Seattle is still the superior team when it comes down to uh, the end of the season or the playoffs. Um, the the thing with Seattle is that they don't have uh, they don't have a de- defensive line, and that could bite them in the ass um, in the playoffs um, if they don't get somebody during the trade deadline. Um, but I mean, you know, on the bright side, their offense is is elite. Um, Russ Russ is cooking right now, and um, a guy that I've mentioned to you guys plenty of times, Tyler Lockett, is a number one receiver. And the thing with playing with uh, Metcalf is Metcalf is getting a lot of the um, you know the, the 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 shutdown corners or or the double teams, and I feel like Tyler Lockett will benefit from from those matchups. Um, so I mean Seattle, at the end of the day, Seattle is five and one. Um they made uh or Russell Wilson made a lot of mental errors uh during overtime and the, the end of the game. Um I don't think they should be down, uh, but they need to definitely secure that uh defensive line pos- or pos- uh, positioning and um they need to get Jamal Adams back as well.
1: Yeah, looking at DK, I mean Uh, Patrick Peterson was on him the whole time, really shut him down. I think he had like one reception the whole game. Um, And, you know, Arizona seemed to to, – Seattle anyway. They really seemed to be targeting whoever Drake or Patrick was on. That's who the ball was going to. Um, And Lockett was a beneficiary on most of those, you know, going forward. They they really got to address that because they're not going to be the only team to exploit it. And, you know, just keeping it on Seattle, Carlos Hyde with the uh, foot injury. Um, Two players you got to keep an eye on are um, Homer. And you also got to keep an eye on Rashad Penny. I think he's still on the pup, but he might be cleared. Uh, He looked great. Uh, High draft pick first round last year. Uh, We'll see what he can do. Um, It'll be interesting going forward. But that's that's one of those guys um, that you know you should definitely keep an eye on, especially if you are the uh, Carson owner.
0: Yeah, we won't tell her. (laughs) No, Um, but, uh, yeah, Um, Tyler Lockett definitely had a great game, but I think Russell Wilson needs to make sure to feed him, you know. He won two straight games with uh, low targets. Um, That can't happen. Um, I know DK Metcalf is a great player, but Tyler Lockett is like your your sure-handed guy. He's got great feet, great hands. Um, and he's just got, you know, he's so great at that. Just knowing where, where Russell Wilson's going to put it. Like that, that long, that long touchdown was just beautiful. Like Patrick Peterson could not have defended him any better. And Russell Wilson put it in the one place where Patrick Peterson couldn't get to it. And Lockett didn't even need to look back. He knew it was going to be there. Like, and that's the type of connection those two have. And, and that's why I just find it odd whenever there's the weeks where, you know, Lockett only has three or four targets. And I, I just think for Seattle to be consistent going forward, they need to make sure that Lockett is involved.
2: True, true. And, and Tyler Lockett right now uh, is tied for first with seven touchdowns for wide receivers. So the guy is a playmaker. He's probably the best or one of the best deep threat wide receivers. And like what Jose, Jose was saying, his knack for the ball – and his hands and his uh, ball awareness is, is insane, especially being 5'10. He looks like he's 5'9. He's, he doesn't even look like he's 5'10. And he's like a buck 80. And the dude is, you know, one of the best receivers right now in the game.
0: He's Sean Jackson, but willing to take the hit.
2: More consistent than Deshaun, Jackson, Deshaun
0: ever, Jackson. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson never reached that level because Deshaun Jackson was never willing to go down the middle and take the hit. Mm hmm. Yeah, but, you know, and there were some other great games this weekend, too. Um, another great divisional game was Carolina and New Orleans, you know. Um, New Orleans figured out a way to shut down Mike Davis, much to Brad's dismay.
1: No, I mean, they they knew what Carolina's game plan was going on the, the whole week. I mean, didn't surprise me that they were able to contain him. Um, surprising that Carolina was able to keep it close, Um but yeah, I mean, that was one of those games where it wasn't that exciting to me. I, I think one of the more exciting or one of the surprising games looking at the slate was how bad the Patriots looked. They have a lot of work to do. Uh, this game against Buffalo might, dev- might decide the division. They looked absolutely atrocious. Um, yeah, Bill Belichick has, has got to get his work done.
0: Yeah, he, Bill Belichick just looks frustrated on the sideline. He has no answers. And that's odd because, you know, Bill Belichick is a master of the game. And he, it just seems like he just, he does not have any rabbits left to pull out of a hat. It yeah, he just, they, they just, they looked outmatched, outnumbered. It almost seemed like at times like San Francisco had like two or three more players on the field than, than, than New England. Just, you know, no one could get open. I mean, Edelman had no catches. He had a goose egg.
2: Yeah, it, it's, you know, this is not the Patriots that we're used to seeing. I think uh, Bill Belichick is stepping on his dick right now because, you know, he, for a long time, he got away with having Tom Brady, having these, these staple players to, you know, to, to um, help with the coaching. And now that they don't have the talent, they're being exposed right now I mean you know let's face it I mean you know we should we need to hammer Bill Belichick check too for some of the draft picks I mean like Nikhil Harry is isn't that great I mean they've missed on you know Jared Stidham like a lot of these guys that they've drafted aren't that great you know and they've let you know great players go in the past like Chandler Jones you know like you know, they're known for not paying their players. And I think now they're being exposed for, you know, for what they are now. And and you know, it's sad because you know, Bill Belichick is is the greatest coach to ever um coach in the NFL. But um, you know,
0: sure. at top- point, you have to start paying somebody.
1: Yeah, right. I mean it's fair it's fair to say at this point he's actually being outcoached. He clearly got outcoached in this game by Shanahan. Um, he's likely to be outcoached by by a lot of these up and coming coaches coming up. If he can't get the personnel to execute a scheme, um, it's sad because you know you sort of want to see him be relevant. But yeah, I sort of expected this uh, w- with New England um, coming into this year. Um, you know, didn't think it would be this soon, but yeah, really pivotal week next week for them against Buffalo. They can still turn it around, though.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the Jets are the Jets. They they actually had a lead for the first time this season, but then, I mean, they remembered that they want uh, Trevor Lawrence. So then they went back to being (laughs) the Jets. Um, They had Sam Darnold back, but he just, um, I mean, there really is nothing that can make that offense functional. They just, they just, they seem to not be able to um, create any positive plays. And Buffalo, you know, they they haven't looked good since um, uh, since that victory really against the Rams. They've um, they've looked a step slow and um, the last two games, you know, they had lost to um, Kansas City and Tennessee, so they I mean maybe we overhyped them a little bit too much in the beginning.
2: Yeah. They, um, I think they're, they're a, a great young team and they're still figuring it out. And I think they still have time to, um, to, uh, fix things and, you know, fix that defense and cause they, cause they have the talent on the defensive end, uh, to be great, but they just need to put it together. And I think Josh Allen is exceptional right now. So, um, I think it was a big win for them to, you know, get back in the win column and, you know, like Brad was saying, they have a big, uh, big game versus the Patriots next week and I think that'll be you know for the division
0: yeah and I mean other than that you know your Washington football team won much to your dismay <laughs> against the Cowboys the but only our, the only I, thing I was
2: happy about was Antonio Gibson Antonio Gibson finally showing out and Um, I I think it's important for them to, um, as much as I want them to lose, um, I think it's important for them to develop their talent right now. And, um, Antonio Gibson is one of them. Terry McLaurin is a legit number one. Um, he made, um, Diggs look bad when Diggs was talking shit on him and he burned him the next play. Um, but in terms of the Cowboys, I mean, they're just, they're just terrible. I mean, I feel bad for people that have (laughs) Cowboy players. Yeah it it it's just you know they hate their coach um you know and 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 what they did with Andy Dalton was you know was bad i mean football's a, a sport with you know it, it's it's family oriented and you know and it's one of those things where you stick up for your teammates and players and you know they they didn't stick up for you know for their quarterback who who took a took a nasty shot from a um from the Washington uh, defender
0: Exactly, and, you know, just – Cowboys are just a mess. I mean, but what can you expect from a team that hires a coach that looked outmatched for his last four or five years in Green Bay and then he hires a defensive coordinator who hasn't been relevant since he coached the Niners and failed there too. I mean, it's not like he did that great of a job there. Um, and, you know, he hadn't even been in the league for like three or four years. So this team, they just you know they they look ancient. They their their play calling is ridiculous. They get they get smoked on defense. They uh, Kellen Moore is not a good offensive coordinator. I don't know why he's still there. He was bad last year with Jason Garrett. He's even worse now. I don't know what they see in him. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they just hang on to a guy to hang on to a guy. But yeah, they. They're just they're a mess. I don't think there's anything that can save them this season. Um I think that they have a lot of problems on that team, a lot of cancers, you know. And a lot of guys that don't want to take blame for what's going on. You see a lot of heads being uh held real low right now in in Dallas.
2: Yep. I agree.
0: Um and Finally, to finish off with uh, on our Sunday talk, um, my uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They, uh, Tom Brady is not looking forty-three at all. He looks, every, you know, he's looking as young as ever. Um, he's hitting the targets. I mean, Mike Evans has kind of um taken a hit the last couple of weeks in terms of targets, but I mean, I'm sure you know he'll come back around to him. It's when you have that many targets on your team. And especially with Antonio Brown on his way to town now, there's bound to be games where someone takes a backseat.
2: Yeah. um, It's funny because Scotty Miller had six catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. And I think that's Brady's a way of saying, Hey, look, you're not going to get any catches anywhere for the rest of the season because Antonio Brown's coming. So um, Tom Brady is Tom Brady, you know, TB12. Um, He's amazing. He's the, he's, The greatest quarterback of all time, and he's not slowing down. And I think he, you know, he's um, he's he's catching his stride right now with the team. I mean, look at Godwin nine catches for eighty-eight yards and a touchdown. Gronkowski's getting back on track. Yeah, Um, um, Fournette is you know Fournette is back, and and Mike Evans actually has the most touchdowns on the team, right, in terms of wide receivers. So yeah, um, you know. for the team, I mean, you know, they're playing great on defense. You know, they're they're playing great on offense. They're getting AB in in a week and a half or a week. So I I think Tampa Bay looks very scary right now, and um, you know, it it's you know it's going to be crazy to see what Tom Brady can do with AB. Yeah, yeah I
1: mean, just j- just looking at it, um, it was clear one of those teams with so many new pieces that they needed time to get together, and now they're actually clicking. But I'm not going to buy into Mike Evans being actually usable. Um, when Chris God when Godwin's on the field, he he's absolutely atrocious. Um, if you haven't already sold him, you should do it now because his value is going to continue to drop. Um, AB's B's going to take a you know a target from everyone, and you know it, it's just going to happen. So uh, Mike Evans is is dropped a lot he is going to be touchdown or dependent if you can move on to him i do it um you know godwin he's really he's back in football shape and really clicking uh he's definitely in the tight end landscape
0: yeah and now they have a for net back too so it's all hands on deck but moving on you know there was another big event on saturday there was a ufc um not surprising, you know, another, another victory for Khabib and a second retirement. Are you guys surprised by the, this announcement?
1: I guess I shouldn't have been um, because we all knew the news about his dad. Um, I think we were all overlooking and trying to get to that 35, to the, the 30th one because, you know, he mentioned that's what he wanted to end, end on. But, yeah, I can totally understand why he's ending it now.
2: Um, I, I don't get it. Um, I understand his dad was pivotal to his fighting career and I know he made a promise to his mom that he would retire after this fight. Um, but in terms of his, his career, I mean, he's 32 years old, he's in the prime of his career. Um, and the thing about him, even though his performance was super dominant and, you know, you know, he doesn't make mistakes. Um, all this um, goat talk with Khabib. I feel that he um, he's not the goat because in terms of his fight record, um, he hasn't faced the same competition or the same caliber of fighters as a John Jones or, or George St. Pierre. Um, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Kanye McGregor. Sure, very good fighters, elite. But after that, Ala Michael Johnson, you know Pat Pat Healy, Abel Trujillo, Tiago Tavares. Like these are guys that are that are okay to good. And the thing is, is that you can't call someone a goat if they only defended their title um, three times. And with John Jones, he's defended his title 15 times, and he's fought guys such as Daniel Cormier, uh, Gustafson, um, Chael Sonnen, Vitor Belfort, Rashad Evans, Machida uh rampage shogun ryan bader brandon vera so you know let's let's stop the brakes on this this whole go talk with khabib because he he's not the goat
1: yeah and, and i honestly don't think he's actually retired i think i think he just needs to get away from it all for you know maybe yeah. a year or two and then he'll likely be back um to you know get to the 30th and continue to build on his legacy
0: I think more than anything, this is telling of the lack of um, top tier talent in his weight class, because I think if the if the opponents were there, he wouldn't be retiring. I mean, he would tell his mom, like, look, mom, I know I made a promise, but hey, you know, I got these big money fights and, you know, I know my dad would be happy to see me, you know, partake in them. But. The guys aren't there right now, you know. He he beat everybody that was that's at the top of the class right now. I mean, his next opponent would have come from the McGregor Poirier match and he already beat both of those, so he didn't feel a need to fight them again. So I think as much as anything else, that was a big proponent.
2: Yeah, that that, that record is is to me is it's it's flawed because of the the competition. It's like a when a boxer fights, you know, less talent to build up their record and then all of a sudden they're you know they have no losses and then they have substantial wins to me um you know you got guys like dc who are hyping them up because the thing is dc hates john jones and he does not want john jones to get any credit whatsoever of being the greatest fighter of all time especially with all the PED stuff um so i mean to me, I mean, to me, it's, it's Dana White, you know, even Dana White, Dana White, you know, has a bad relationship with John Jones right now. They're trying to push this in his face. And, you know, it's funny because John Jones is still fighting and he's still in the prime of his career. So imagine when he wins a heavyweight title and then all of a sudden, you know, what are, what are they going to say?
1: Yeah. And, and, and I agree. It's sort of premature. Um, but you know, it's he has a stage. He's gonna make the announcement. He's he's gonna you know hype himself up. Maybe he's hyping himself up to come back, um, to you know silence all the doubters. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely put the resume. It's just not completed. Um, I'd le- you know, you'd like to see him add more names to the list and polish it off further. Um, but you know, he's he's entered the discussion. But you know, he's he just walked through the door. He's not in the room yet. Um, more wins better quality wins that I, I think will solidify his place. Um, you know, I think that's why everyone's waiting for GSP. Um, unfortunately, the retirement might prolong that, and that might not be an option that they can table anymore. So you, you hope that he maybe maybe moves up the division, or if, when he's gone, that the division will produce some, some opponents for him.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's also a thing of the fight game, you know, whether it's boxing, MMA, Fighters like to retire after winning a couple of good matches, you know, fights, you know, they, they, you know, it's not something that you can really take very seriously when it comes from a fighter. I mean, how many times has McGregor retired? You know, like,
2: two times already, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Same thing happens in the boxing game, you know, um, right. they, yeah,
1: they I mean, still... he honestly just needs a break from it. I, I honestly think he'll be back. Um, you know I mean, he dad, is still too young. He's still in this prime. Uh, He's his prime. He's definitely going to be back. He they they just have to talk it through and you know let him grieve, let him figure out what he wants to do. Um, he'll be back.
0: Yeah, and I mean his dad. We can't under underplay the fact that his dad passed away from COVID. You know, and COVID is still very, very much in in our in people's lives right now. So, I think that's you know it affects his. That's in the back of his mind too. Um. I think hopefully once we're able to get past this pandemic and uh, lives begin to go back to semi-normal, you know, if the right fight comes along and the money is there and the passion is there, I think he can be talked out of retirement. But you guys are right. He probably does need a couple of years to just kind of be away from it so he can miss it. You know, you can't miss something if you're not away from it.
2: Right, right. Yeah. The one thing that I kept hearing that was annoying me and and granted i I think kabib is an exceptional fighter I, I I respect him, I think he's great is is when people or the media kept saying, oh he's perfect he's you know he not such thing the The thing with Khabib is that sure he he's he's been dominant in the ring, but let's not forget he's missed weight twice. And that's a big part of the fight game is making weight. That's, that's a part of your job. And the thing is, is if you're going to get on John Jones about all this PED bullshit, you need to get on Khabib about missing weight because that is big in the fight game.
0: Absolutely. Discipline. It's, it's the discipline or lack thereof, whether it's boxing or MMA, like I say, you know, like, What's been one of the biggest problems with um, Chavez Jr.? Who is Chavez Jr.? The, the, you know, misses weight, doesn't take the, the sport seriously. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I'm not saying that Khabib doesn't take it seriously. But, yeah, like, you know, I mean, missing out on something so simple but yet so crucial to a fight, that's that just shows a lack of respect because right. you know what weight you have to be at. It's not a secret. It's not like they let you know a week before the fight like, "Oh, by the way, this is the weight you're going to be fighting at." It's like, "No, when you sign that contract months in advance, you know what weight you have to make it in." And when yep. yet they still like miss weight, it's like, "What the heck were you doing, man?"
2: And and there there's speculation though that the the guy who the um was was taking the weight um didn't do it correctly. So for the for the conspiracy theorists out there there's a there's a conspiracy that um they cheated so or Khabib cheated so
0: <laughs> wait cheating in the fight game i mean i've i've never heard of that
2: yeah it, it it's it's uh the vi- watch the video
0: oh, i'll definitely have to check that out oh my god but yeah let's put to rest those goat talks until he he comes back and you know proves it against some bigger names um until then johns bone jones in my eyes continues to be the goat 100%
2: yep yeah.
0: um and moving on to our last topic of the night the world series man this has been a back and forth um series uh the rays man they they just will not go away they they have a great bullpen they they have a resilient Um, team they the Dodgers you know they keep hitting them in the mouth and they just keep taking it and coming back and now they you know it's going to game six Um, and something's got to give you know one of these two teams has to win Um, whether it be the Dodgers um, winning it and finishing off the series or Tampa Bay forcing a game seven what do you guys think
2: has right, Jose. I'll, I'll take it over. Um, in in terms of this, the two things come to my mind. The first thing is, um, Clayton Kershaw deserves the respect um, of of being a playoff pitcher, of being a big game pitcher. Because in this World Series, he's two and zero. He has an yep. error. Yeah, he he's 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 crushing it right now, um, and. You know, the talks before was that he was in a big game pitcher and he, you know, he did, you know, he, he wouldn't show up. But um, I think that's all a race now because in the present, he's showing up. Uh, two, uh, Randy Arena is uh, probably the next big star. Um, this guy is a stud um, in terms of the postseason um, or in terms of the World Series uh, uh, game five. Uh, he just took over. You know, and he, um, he's definitely a guy that you know that that they're talking about having that Barry Bonds treatment. So I mean, um, a guy like that is a guy like that is very um, exceptional, and 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 he's definitely going to be um, uh, one one of the uh, the stars of the league, up and coming. Uh, in terms of the um, in terms of the the series, I, I think the Dodgers will win uh, tomorrow night. Um, I feel like they have the momentum right now and, and and I feel like it's it's their time.
0: Yeah, I mean and you look at that lineup with the Dodgers, man. They're just deep one through nine. I mean, they have no holes. I mean, Mookie bets, you know, um, they have um um Turner, they um they have even even Hernandez, you know, who yeah. bats at the bottom of the lineup and he's great. Uh Corey Ballinger, Corey Seeger like
2: Jock Peterson and Will Smith
0: and Jock Peterson is not even an everyday starter because of how deep their team is. They have a great team and they need, but they cannot, they cannot let Tampa Bay force to a game seven. The Dodgers need to finish it off. And you're right about, about Kershaw, you know, he, he should give that speech. uh, If they do win, he needs to give that LeBron speech of like, you know, like the coach deserves his respect, you know, the team deserves their respect. City deserves their respect. And you know what? I want my damn respect.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's been an interesting series thus far. I mean, you saw the the yeah. ending to the, what was it? Game, uh, game four, uh, where, where, it you know, gets tied up crazy ending. Um, um, I fully expect that in game six, um, Will it go to a game seven? Um, there's a good possibility it may, and if it does, you know, at that point it it it's a coin flip. Um the one thing that's sort of interesting is that even though it's a neutral site, it seems to be dominated by um Dodgers fans. I don't know, you know, if they're driving in from there or they're flying in them flying them in, but that that's been sort of surprising. I thought it'd be, you know, a lot more fifty fifty. Um but, yeah, I, I, it, it's still definitely up in the air. It's been a tight series thus far. Um, the Dodgers are prone to mental mistakes. They could very well do it in the next two games. Um, we'll see. You know, if they win it, uh, Kershaw and that team, they definitely get to uh, exercise their demons and, you know, move on from it.
0: Yeah, you know, and the interesting thing, too, about Arusso is that he's been a playoff revelation, he was limited to only 23 games in the regular season um, because he couldn't clear um, COVID. He was stuck in that COVID um, um, jail for like a month. Um, he could not get the, the the negative test results. So it took a while for him to even be able to join the team, but he finished strong and he has torn, torn it up in the postseason. So he is definitely the next big thing in baseball, but you know, the Dodgers just have too many, too many stars in my opinion too many stars on the offensive end and that bullpen man I mean you know and to all the fans that sent death threats to uh, Jansen and his family that's just stupid I mean come on it's it's fucking not even game five yet we're barely to game six now they act like he lost them the world series it's a sport it happens you know you can make shots and you can miss shots you can you know, you can throw a bad pitch. I mean, things happen. You know, and the, I mean, the way this game ended, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's, you know, it's like the type of thing you see in like a like a movie. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And but it's not something that you should be, you know, sending threatening things to him and his family. I mean, it's stupid, especially without him, they wouldn't even be in this position. You know, it's 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 funny how quickly fans forget which guys helped you help your team get to where they are now.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Just like uh, what happened with Danny Green. I mean, it, 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 yeah. it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate because he, you miss,
0: know, he missed a shot. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it can happen to anybody. I right. Mean,
2: right. it, it you know. yeah. It, it's one of those things where, I mean, you know, these guys are, you know, putting their heart and soul into the game. And it's unfortunate because, you know, they, they want to win. They don't want to lose. And, you know, exactly. and that happens. People have bad nights and, you know, people lose games and, and it, it shouldn't be, um, you know, it it should never get to a death threat like that. Um, but in, in terms of the whole World Series itself, I think it's, this COVID thing has been beneficial for um, MLB because yes. I think, yeah, because I, I think a lot of people have their eyes on uh, this world series. And um, I, I think this is good for baseball going into the 2021 season, because now people are, are understanding, you know, the, the different players um, that are, you know, like on the Tampa Bay Devil Rays or, you know, the yeah. Atlanta Braves. Um, and for me, not being a baseball fan, for me, like, you know, when this is over and the, the next year starts, you know, I'll be watching because this is this is very exciting, um, you know, uh, product that they're putting out there. And, you know, with with the Dodgers uh, being at the top again, I mean, it's very exciting. And, you know, and, and, and I'm excited to uh, see game six and I'm excited to, uh, you know, you'll never hear this out of my mouth, but I'm excited to, to watch next year as well.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, something that they do need to take a look at, I think part of what has made this year so exciting is that it was only 60 games. Less is more. You know, I think that this season was more exciting because it wasn't 162 games. Teams had to start hot and stay hot. They couldn't, you know, start like 25 and 42 and then go on a tear in the last 80 games of the season to get into a postseason, you know, like what happened with the Nationals last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, no offense to them, but it, any team, like, I mean, when you have 162 games, it's like you play two seasons in one year, you know? Yeah. And I just, I, I think that the fact that this year was only 60 games really benefited the game and the excitement behind it.
2: Right. Even it if makes, it's like 80 or 100 games, yeah. I mean, it's, it's better than 160 but, games. Like.
0: It makes each game matter more. I mean, does a game in April matter to August and September? No. Exactly. Because, you know, when you're playing the games in April, you know you still have, like, 130 games left after that month is over.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I, yeah, I just – I think 100 or less games would be great for the game of baseball. Yep, I agree. Yeah. And – That is our show for tonight, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Until the next one, have a good one, guys.
1: Take it easy. Later.